Mastermind Agent is proud to present the Interview of the Month Club. Top agents, rising agents, team members, and guests from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the club interviews at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's rising agent is Angie Van Ammon with American Way Realty in Mankato, Minnesota. She focuses on first-time homebuyers and referrals. Last year, she closed 42 transactions with a total sales volume of $8.5 million. Her average sales price was $206,000. 83% were buyers and 17% were sellers. She operates as an individual agent, a sole practitioner. Angie Van Emmen has had her license for seven years. She acquired it in college so she could help part-time in the family real estate business. The family brokerage eventually achieved a 28% market share and made her mom Mankato famous. After college, Angie moved to Manhattan to pursue her dream of working in advertising. But the entry-level pay was too low, so she took a job as a leasing agent. In 2009, Angie moved back to her hometown of Mankato. In her first full year in the new market, she single-handedly closed 42 transactions by focusing on first-time home buyers and referrals from past clients and her sphere of influence. Angie knows how to create raving fans and referrals. Her philosophy is simple. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Angie believes in the personal touch. She has a 30-minute callback guarantee. She sends out anniversary, holiday, and birthday cards. She's about to throw her first client appreciation party. Angie wants her marketing to be 90% fun and 10% business. She believes people do business with people they like. First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Angie. Hi, thanks for having me, Mike. Angie, before we get started into what you're doing right now, let's go back a minute and let's talk about what you were doing before you got into real estate. I was in high school. I've always worked. Minis- I, I think it's like nationwide, but Minnesota, you can start like working when you're 15. So I've always had a job. I worked at grocery stores and um, fast food restaurants. I worked at a um, jewelry store for a little while. And then I graduated high school and got my real estate license and went to college. Where did you go to school? I went to Minnesota State University, Mankato. Why did you decide to go into real estate? I decided to go into real estate. My mom has been in real estate all of my life, and so was my dad. My dad was a real estate developer and agent, and my mom was a sales associate, and she decided she worked for a big franchise company and decided to branch out on her own and start her own independent company, and so I decided to get my license along with my brother, Mike. Um, we got it just kind of basically to help out, and I just did real estate real kind of part-time through college. So it's kind of a fa- family business. So did you get your license while you were in college? While I was in college. It was seven years ago. So you got your license while you were in college, and you were part of the family business. When did you become fully active in real estate? Was it after you graduated? 
Went to college, graduated college with a degree in mass communications, emphasis in public relations. Went off and I tell people I had a real job where I worked for somebody else behind a desk um, for about two years at an advertising agency. Still had my license this entire time. Then I decided to move to Manhattan and I did real estate out there and sales and leasing for just shy of two years, which brought me to about October of 2009. Then I came back to Mankato and started selling real estate full-time as my only job. So you went off to Manhattan to work in the big city. How did that go? It was great. I worked. I was very, very fortunate um, to work for just a great, great company in the um, financial district. And then I, um, I worked there for about a year, and I ended up um, going to a different, a little more boutique firm um, up in the Upper West Side. So I still um, have a lot of contacts out there and did pretty well. Why did you leave Manhattan? Minnesota nice, and New York isn't New York nice. I got kind of homesick. I missed my friends, and I barely, like, barely knew two people when I moved out there. And I just had a heck of a time. So I just got sick of it and moved back. Nothing really fun or exciting, but I don't know. It was a great learning experience for me. I learned a lot about um, myself and even myself as like an independent contractor because I had, I had been licensed, but I just did it kind of on the back burner. I never really got my license intending this to be my full-time job until um, I went to New York, and I was going to get a job in advertising, but I interviewed at some places, and the pay out there and for what how expensive everything is out there so I was like, I can't, I can't afford to live here doing this. So I was like, why not try, you know, what else do I know how to do? I know how to sell real estate. So I went and got my license and tried doing that, and I did, I did really well at it. I was always one of the top three um, sales or leasing agents out there. We had a couple of pretty big sales, which was nice, but just kind of got, kind of got, um, maybe a little burnt out is probably a good way of describing it. So then I just came back to Minnesota. You came back to Minnesota in 2009. And in your first full year, you had a pretty productive year. How did you have such a quick start from scratch when you went back to Minnesota? Obviously, growing up here, um, I joke that my mom is Mankato famous. So a lot of people know who she is and they know who I am. It's not a huge town. Um, So I was lucky enough to get, um, you know, a lot of name recognition. I mean, we sent out a bunch of letters like, hey, I'm back. This is what I'm doing full time. Do you know anybody? Um, I'm a big believer in you got to spend money to make money. And um, there's other people I tell. A lot of people have emailed me and asked me, like, since the Realtor magazine came out, like, any tips or advice. And my biggest thing is, is no one's going to call you if they don't know your phone number. So um, did a lot of heavy advertising right out, right out the shoot on it, um, just kind of putting myself out there, like, this is what I'm doing. Also, at the time, they had that tax credit. So it was $8,000 for first-time buyers and um, 6500 for repeat buyers. I'm for my board. I'm, I I think I'm the youngest, but there might be people younger than I am. But I that I don't know about them. If they are, they do it real part time. But I'm one of the youngest agents. I think the next age there might be a couple, two other people in their twenties. Next age bracket's like thirty, and then the majority are like forty, fifty, and sixty. So I think I was fortunate with that first time home buyers tax credit being there, being a huge push for um, first time buyers and people looking at me, being like, "Hey, you're the same age as I am," you know, feeling the comfort with me. And a lot of people that I knew of my friends who'd graduated college to have careers and are starting to look for houses, they called me. So, and I mean, I did a lot of. I mean, I worked with people buying, you know, eighty thousand dollar houses to six hundred thousand dollar houses. So I don't really have a specific person I work with, but. 
I was pretty fortunate with that home buyer's credit and people um, coming to me. And then it just kind of snowballed with one happy client tells other people, and I get a lot of referrals from people, which I've been really fortunate. It's my favorite thing in the world is when somebody thinks I did a nice enough job and they want to send their friend to me. I love it. It's the best feeling. Where is Mankato? It's in Minnesota. Mankato is about an hour, 15 minutes, hour 30, depending how fast you drive. I can do it about an hour and five um, minutes south of Minneapolis. It's got Mankato State University, where I went to college, um, in it. We also are, you know, um, Glenn Taylor, who owns the Timberwolves, he resides here. We have Taylor um, Publishing that he owns as well as here. Um, Population is about 65000 Median market price are roughly around 160 to 180 for this year. What's your average time on the market? Last year was 141 days. Your market, has it been rising, stable, declining? We didn't have the huge increase in price, so we haven't had that big of a fall. I mean, prices are down a little bit, but they're not down 20%. Last year, houses sold across the Mankato area, um, across the board, different price ranges. On average, it was about 95% of, of the um, current asking price when they received the offer, not the list price, because people obviously drop their prices. But um, a big thing we're seeing, too, in our market um, trend is paying closing costs. That's a huge, huge thing, too. But it's about 95%, and then closing costs on top of that, too. Who's paying the closing costs? Sellers. The sellers are picking up closing costs for buyers. When did that start in your market? It's been pretty much prevalent since I returned back, so I don't know exactly. But when I started doing it about it, you know, almost two years ago, it was pretty popular then. I don't know the exact time because I was in New York. In this market, do you have a niche or a specialization? No. I do normal sales. I don't, I'm a certified short sales specialist. I do do those. Um, that's not my niche by any means. Um, I kind of I do everything. Um, I don't do foreclosures uh, a lot of the corporations in town have the contracts with those, and um, I like working with actual people and not a computer. Um, but I'll do, you know, short sales, and I'll do buyers and sellers pretty much, and a lot of relocations. I get a lot of people that relocate here, and I think help growing up in the town and knowing it so well helps me with that. But I don't have just one single focus. Like, I don't have buyers of the age of 25 to 30 looking at 150 to $300,000 houses. What are the ways that you're generating business? I have my own personal website along with our company website, which I redesigned and we, when I moved back here. Um, I think online is a huge aspect on that, having the exposure. Um, online is very, very important. This is a tip I have for, so I tell everybody. Um, the three most popular websites that are like big-time websites um, in my market, I found, are Zillow, Trulia, and Realtor.com. So I pay to have the um, extended version of Realtor.com where you can have up to 25 photos, and you can have expanded verbiage on it. Um, so I think that's important because normally the free version is only four photos. Typically people put outside pictures only because you kind of do a progression of the house. You do the outside first. Um, and I've found that from asking different people that typically if you only see four photos and they're all outside, you tend to almost want to skip that house because you're wondering, like, why is you're not seeing inside? And you just don't know that the realtor is using the free version and not paying for it. So I pay for Realtor.com, which I think is fantastic. Um, Zillow has premier agents, and Zillow's tied with our um, 
our paper in town here. So the paper inlays Zillow's search engine. So I pay, there's three spots for Zillow Premier Agents. Um, so I pay for that. I just do, I do everything in a year. If you pay up front in a year, you get a discount. So I do that. And then um, Truly allows one person for each zip code and town. So I own Mankato on that. So basically on both Zillow and Trulia, you see me all the time because I pay to have my face on it and I get a lot of leads that way. And I get a lot of great exposure for my clients, for my sellers, for their house. Because even if it's not a house somebody's looking for, it still pops up on the top of their search engine. So I think a lot of people like that aspect of it. Are you generating business from this online presence? I do. Um, I get a couple. I mean, we have some foreclosures in town that are like $50,000. I'll get some leads from that. But then I get leads from, like, you know, people that want to buy $400,000 houses. So, yeah, I've closed enough leads where it's paid for itself. And just the recognition with I, I put my picture everywhere, so the face recognition with the with my name, um, and I'll have a lot of I have a lot of people that recognize me when I'm out and you know hi Angie how are you and I I've, I've never met them before they've just have seen me different places, and we have a publication that the a home magazine puts out um, it's called the Real Estate Guide, and each month it comes out with a new you know new houses in it I always pay for a full page ad like color for all my sellers. A lot of individual agents in my town don't do that. Companies do, but I do it. I get a lot of recognition from that as well, and I've gotten um, good feedback from my sellers and my buyers. How are leads getting to you? Are they calling you from the web? Are they sending you an email? Are they filling out a form? It'll e- it's an email contact list from both for pretty much all of those websites. So they just fill out like a lead generating form, and it emails it to me that. You know, so-and-so's address is inquiring about 123 ABC Drive. And so once you reply to it, they have your email address, which obviously it's really easy to find that email address. Um, But I get a lot of leads that way. Same thing. That's with Zillow and Trulia. And then I have my phone numbers on everything, too, my cell phone. And then the real estate guide, how are you getting those people to come to you? By calling you, going online? I prefer people to call me because with email, stuff, stuff gets sent in spam, stuff doesn't. Um, pretty much people know they can either text me or call me. And other than like times like this where obviously my phone's turned off because I would be rude, I, I answer my phone all the time. And people, most, like, most people that talk to me know they can call me you know, from 7 in the morning till 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. Wide open hours there. Do you take a day off? My brother and his girlfriend just had a baby, so I did take a day off for that. They're far and few in between, but it's okay. Too hot to do anything here anyways. What other type of marketing are you doing to generate leads and business? I do a lot on social media. Uh, I have a business Facebook page. We have a work Facebook page. do a lot on Twitter. I also do YouTube videos like slideshows of houses, and I send those out to my clients for like their little web commercial and ask them to send it off to their contacts. What are you doing on Facebook, and how is it generating business for you? Facebook, I have a fan page for myself, and then I have a fan page for my company as well. Um, I don't really use it as a medium to, I mean, a lot of my clients have, you know, liked me and, you know, recommend me to other clients and kind of put it out there like, oh, you're looking for a house, oh, here, you know, and then kind of share my link and send my information, and I get people that contact me through that. But I don't use it as pretty much a selling format because I don't, you know, I, I do like 90% fun, 10% business. Um, I follow some companies, and when it's just a sell, sell, sell all the time, 
I de like them or defriend them because it bothers me. So I use it kind of fun where I ask people fun questions or post pictures of just some stuff that I'm doing or stuff fun around Mankato to do. And I always, you know, send out like a cool little congratulations to my clients on buying this house. And I post a picture of them next to my sold sign in front of their new house at closing. How are you using Twitter? I use Twitter just basically as a massive base. It's kind of the same way I do um, Facebook. Um, just kind of, you know, get people out there. And I follow different people too. And um, Mankato is not a huge enough market. I used it more when I was in New York because it's a huge market. Um, but you can track, like, where um, people are tweeting at. So, like, if you put in, like, New York apartments, see people that mentioned that. When I lived out there, you know, it would be like you could follow them and say, hey, you know, Mike at Mastermind, looking for an apartment, call me. I've got great deals. Since Mankato is a smaller market, it's just basically a, a means for people to stay in communication with me and just basically keep people front of mind. Um, it's amazing to me how many people um, I ask, oh, who, who sold you your house? Who'd you buy? Oh, I don't, I, don't rem- I don't know her name. What was her name? You know, people don't remember. And so that's my biggest thing with me is once people, you know, we get the contract, everything's done, we close, I don't want them to forget me. So, you know, staying in touch, you know, posting fun stuff and just keeping people top of mind. So if they know somebody who wants to buy or sell, they think of me because, you know, they're seeing my Twitter feed or my Facebook. You mentioned YouTube videos. What are you doing? How are you putting it out there? How is that bringing business back to you? Okay. What I do for YouTube is I, there's a lot of programs out there, and this is a tip. Don't pay for it because there's so many free programs. You should never have to pay a dime for it. But take all the photos that you use for the listings. Um, I know different MLSs have different numbers of photos. Mine in particular allows 25 photos. So what I do is I have my assistant make up slideshows that just takes to take all the photos and it says like one two three ABC Drive MLS number one two three four five six Mankato Minnesota. I never put the price because price changes. Then you have to go through and make another video and that takes time. So then you go photo to photo like large spacious entry and key points you know key tags of you know the big points like if it's you know beautiful maple hardwood floors put that in. You don't need to put living room. Put down something or like you know floor to ceiling Anderson windows. You know, key selling items, not just living room, bedroom. Because if they don't know what a living room and bedroom is, they shouldn't be buying a house. They should be going back to school. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't know what a bathroom is, come on, people. So, like, you know, like uh, tile, tile shower, stuff like that. So I do those on the pictures just to, you know, highlight key features of the house. And then at the end, it says exclusively listed by Angie Van Emmen, American Way Realty, phone number, email, website. So I have, I make all those and then upload them to YouTube with, you know, house for sale in Mankato is always the first thing because that's what searches for, that's what people type in. No one's going to be searching for a specific address on Google other than the homeowners and clearly they know what their house looks like. So I'll put in, you know, house for sale Mankato, one, two, three, ABC drive, four bed, three bath, MLS, one, two, three, four, five, six. Then in the info, I just type up the little verbiage I've already written. So it's just really simple copy and paste, upload the video. There we go. It's on YouTube. Then I take the link and I share it and I send it to the homeowners. And I say, you know, dear so-and-so, thanks for um, partnering up with me to sell your house. Created a web commercial for you. Here it is. Please send it out to everyone in your contact list um, because maybe they know somebody who's looking to buy or sell or looking to buy a house and maybe your house would be perfect for them. Also, please let them know to contact me if they have any questions. So they send it and I send them a little templated letter that's, you know, what they can write so they don't even have to do anything other than copy, paste, forward, all, send. 
super simple for everybody. And it just basically says that, hey, you know, we've decided to sell our house. Um, our age, we're work, we've teamed up with Angie Van Emmen of American Way Realty. Her email is this, phone number is this, to sell our house. If you have any questions, please give her a call. If you know anyone who's looking to buy a house and think it might fit, please, you know, send them the link and have them get in contact with Angie. Thank you so much for your support. Best homeowner. So I've had, some, I've had a lot of good feedback from that. Um, it also kind of ties back to my PR background. Um, one of my favorite sayings is, I can tell you how good I am, that's advertising, but if somebody else tells you, it's public relations. So by the homeowner going out and not only setting out to all of, their, all of their contacts that their house is for sale and here's the web video, it's also, you know, here's telling all these different people that you're do, what you're doing for your business. And I, haven't, I don't know very many agents that do this. Um, came to me one night when I was sleeping. I was trying to sleep, woke up, and I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. You know, grab my notepad next to my bed and jot it down. But it's been pretty beneficial to me. I, I, like I said, I don't know anyone that does it, and I think it's a pretty pretty smart idea. And I've had people that are like, oh, yeah, I heard you had David and Julie's house for sale, and they sent me your web video. Um, we're thinking about selling. You know, I love, you know, can you come, come, meet, come meet with us? You know, otherwise, maybe I wouldn't have gotten that lead. Are you able to track the number of leads or transactions you've received from your YouTube videos? I don't really get any directly from YouTube. I assume you're hosting these videos on YouTube? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I haven't had anyone that goes on YouTube and like, hey, I saw you on YouTube. It's more so just the exposure of it. And also, like, when going on listings, it's been beneficial to me because um, a new study was out there that, like, 15% of agents use video, and it's a huge demand. But I've never lost out on a listing. I've never gone on a listing that they didn't hire me. It's a bold, it's a bold statement. So far, it's true. Um, but I think the biggest thing, too, and this is maybe a tip for anyone listening, is, you know, it's, do, I, do I personally think someone is going to buy or sell a house because they found me on YouTube? I don't. I really don't personally think that. But I think the different avenues in which I use YouTube, I have gotten clients from that. Um, also, it's just another thing that I offer to my sellers that kind of puts me on top of the other people and it takes five minutes. And people think you spend a bunch of time doing it. It's just, you know, and people appreciate it. And homeowners want to see that their house is everywhere. And people love the idea of having a web commercial of their house online that they can send to people. So I found that that's been beneficial to me, especially this year when I started, I started doing it the last month. And I've, I've had some good success with it. Let's talk about the, the video itself for a minute. I want to make sure I understand. Is it a slideshow of pictures that are going across the screen? Yep. If you just go to youtube.com backslash Mankato Real Estate, M-A-N-K-T-O, you can see them. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's just a, it's a slideshow with some little, you know, slow jazz. Make sure not to copy and write and fringe anybody's music. Um, most of the programs will give you just a selection of, you know, usable music. You don't want to use like a Rihanna song and have her people call you and want money. So yeah, that's just how I do it. I've um, discussed with other colleagues of mine in different industries about doing actual video recording, like walking with like a flip camera. And I tried that out initially. And I, it's, it's too hard to have, you know, appropriately talk into it without doing a voiceover. And it was just too time consuming to do a voiceover, what you're saying when you're walking through the house and not have the camera angles be too jumpy. You know, you don't want to be sitting watching a video, and with somebody walking, obviously it's going to move a little bit, and, you know, have it be all over the place. You want that seamless 
softness to it, and that's what I found with the photos and the slideshow. That's worked good. And having people the opportunity to read it. Also, a lot of times people look at stuff like that, especially if they send an email, at work, and not many people can hear, like, welcome to 123, I'm Angie Venom, and I'm, you know, people doing that. So you can't hear that. Do you know what I'm saying? You can just read it. You're playing music in the background. You've got subtitles. And then are you talking over the top of it or not? No, I don't talk over it. I talk too fast. And I personally find my voice annoying. Tell us what else you're doing to generate business. I get a lot of referrals. That's a the big way I get business. How do you do that? How are you stimulating referral business? I just make sure my clients don't forget me. I think that's the biggest mistake. People go to closing. Everyone's fine, happy, and dandy. And then you don't stay in touch. You don't send out little, you know, you don't have touches with them throughout the year. And that's my biggest thing, I think. I, um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people send me, you know, friends, family, colleagues, some people they don't even really know, but, you know, know of somebody who's somebody, somebody who's selling or buying. I'll get a lot of that. But it basically is just making sure people remember who you are. Like I said earlier, it's amazing to me how many people I asked about a house five years ago and don't remember their agent's name. But have you found that? Have you ever asked people that? Yes. I mean, it's amazing to me how many people don't remember. And so I just try to do stuff like I'll send out like little holiday cards or birthday cards or, you know, happy one-year anniversary in your house. Or, hey, please, like what I'm doing, I'm doing it next week is I'm having a client appreciation. It's just a party where we're going to be at um, a restaurant and basically it's just kind of a happy hour. Um, it's on a Wednesday, which is, you know, hump day, halfway, halfway, you know, free to the weekend. And I just, you know, invited people, like, is this kind of like, let me, you know, thank you for the business and thank you for everything. I kind of tied it together with my magazine release party. Um, but, you know, thank you. This wouldn't be possible without you. Please come have a drink, have some food, have some laughs on me. Just stop by, stay as long as you want, you know, no problem. But I think that's, I mean, I don't think enough people stay in touch with their clients. Have you formalized that? Do you have a schedule of follow-up that you do, or do you just do it whenever you think that you should touch somebody and you send something out? I do one-year anniversaries, so those obviously change for when they're at their house. Closing dates obviously change. Obviously, holidays don't change, so I do that too. And then um, I've started doing birthdays. I'm a huge birthday fanatic. When November rolls around, everyone knows it's my birthday month. It's like the 26th of a month. Everyone knows it's how many months to my birthday, like my friends, not like really my clients, but my friends do. I'm a big birthday person. I love birthdays. So that's what I started doing, just sending out birthday presents and little birthday cards, like happy birthday, go have, you know, go have a dinner on me. Thanks for your business. And people, I, people have responded well to that for me. How did you gather their birthday? At closing, they have to make a copy of their license. Their birthdays are on their license. I just ask my closer after they leave, when's their birthday? Half the time, they don't even know that I know it. I somehow got signed up for something really, really silly. Um, but on my, like, 22nd birthday, I got a birthday present from them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so nice. They sent me a birthday present. I loved it. Maybe, I mean, I think everyone likes, like, you know, someone to acknowledge their birthday. So that's what I do. And they just, you know, like that I remember. And it's just like, happy birthday, you know, dear, dear Mike, I hope you have a fabulous birthday. Um, have a great year. Keep in touch. You know, signed Angie. And I just throw my business card in there. But it's not like, hey, Mike, thanks for your business. Happy birthday. If you know anyone looking to buy or sell, I don't do that. It's just, you know, I sign a lot of things just an A 
So I'll do that too, just A. You mentioned a client appreciation party. I just started doing it this year because last year I'd have had, you know, well, at this time, you'll, yeah. Well, I have about quite a few clients now. Um, obviously, I just started doing this about a little over a year and a half ago. But um, I'm having a client appreciation party where it's just I sent out invites like um, having, it just says client appreciation party. Please come have, like I said, food, drink, and some laughs with me, on me. Um, bring whoever you like. You, you know, come for as long as you'd like. Just, you know, swing on by and let me say thanks. And I tied it in with my magazine because a lot of my clients know that I, um, I got the Realtor Magazine 30 Under 30. And a lot of people ask me, like, they're like, oh, did you win? Did you get it? So a lot of people want to see it. And I didn't find it appropriate to mail out over 100 and some copies of my magazine to people. I think that's a little tacky. So I just, you know, I was like, I'm going to start doing this, and I think it's something I'm going to do every year. It's just kind of a fun idea. You know, on a Wednesday, I just have it set up kind of as a happy hour for them so they can come grab a drink, grab an appetizer, get some food. I'm going to have a magician there. I think it'll be fun. Where are you going to hold it? Is it going to be in your office or a restaurant? No, no, it's at a restaurant. There's a restaurant right next to that at my office, and I do not cook. No one wants to eat that. They would, they'd be like, absolutely not. She tried to kill us. I'm terrible. Um, there's a restaurant right next door to my office, so I just am having to have it there. They have a nice little side banquet room and then an outdoor patio that um, they normally don't rent out, but I pulled some strings, and they're going to leave it just exclusively for my clients. So it should be fun. You're going to be in Minnesota the 27th. Come on by. And you're going to pick up the tab for that. How many people do you think will show up, and how, what do you think that's going to run? If it's under five, I'm I'm happy. Uh, under five hundred dollars? <laughs> I wish. I hope if it's under five hundred, I'll be really happy. I budgeted about five thousand. You think five hundred people will show up? I think there'll be quite a few people. Yeah, I haven't done a final number count. I probably should, but I'm not. I don't. I'm not like making people. I think people hate RSVPing. I've invited a lot of people. I think I'll have a good turnout because I think I picked a really good day for it. And who turns down free food and free drinks? No one, right? I never do. Well, that's a great idea. The deduction. I can use all the deductions. I read somewhere that you have a 30-minute callback guarantee. What's that? I do. Most of my people know that um, it wouldn't apply here, but obviously um, I don't have it in writing. It's not like this formal guarantee we do. But I would tell people, I'll call you back within 30 minutes, guarantee it. I've, I've, yeah, I have one person who's like, it's been 32 minutes, and that's my best friend, Ryan, and he just thinks it's funny. But most people know, like, you know, I'll call you back within 30 minutes. Like, if you leave me a voicemail, unless I, and if, if I'm doing something, like, when my nephew was being born. Obviously, I didn't have my phone with me. I was now, I was, you know, more important stuff. So, you know, if people call, I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, and I explain what I was doing, and they know that. But I call people back right away. And I treat all, all emails like text messages. They go to my phone, and I'll respond to them right away. Because, honestly, if I don't do that, I'll forget about it. So I need to respond, and then I'll, you know, it's top of mind gun. And I think people like that. The biggest thing I've heard, I get a lot of people um, that, uh, like, I'm like their second agent, which is fine. You know, I'll say I'll be their second and your last. That works for me. Um, but the biggest gripe I've heard that people have told me about other agents is the lack of communication. And I tell people that if they're looking for an agent who's going to put a sign in their yard and then you'll never hear about them until they get an uh, offer in the house, then I'm not the agent for them. I check in with them at least once a week 
just say, hey, how's it going? You know, this is how many web hits we had on the different sites last week. Maybe we need to reposition ourselves in the market, or we're having really good feedback, great showings. Um, let's, you know, check out the showing reports and kind of re-examine re what we're going to do for positioning to get your property sold. And the people, I mean, hear from me once, at least once every two weeks. I try to do it once a week, but sometimes I get kind of insanely busy. But they know that if they have any question at all, I always, you know, even after closing. I have, I've had other clients where, um, I officially met my clients. I've had it where I've had my sellers and other, another agent's buyers and the buyers, like the buyers who bought the house, they don't call their agent, they call me. Because I always say at closing, all right, if you, guys, if you need anything, please give me a call. And I'm talking to my sellers, but the buyer hears it. And I've, I've had several times where the buyers have called me. Hey, Angie, I'm just curious about this. And, oh, yeah. And I'll get referrals from other people that aren't even my client, but they bought one of my listings. I love that. You mentioned earlier relocation work. How are you getting these relocating buyers? Are you part of a relocation network? Um, no, not really. I put on on my Zillow, which I talked about earlier, I put that I do, lo you can type in basically different things that you do, and I do deal with relocations. I also, um, Serva, which is a relocation company, um, I had a client who found me, and then he was working through Serva. And then Serva called me being like, hey, I know you're working with them, but they're working through Serva. You're going to owe us a referral fee. And um, which was, you know, it was what it was. It is what it is. Uh, but my client was like, hey, you should totally sign up for this because you're great and other people should work with you. And I didn't even really know anything about it. But so since he had already found me and was working with me, then I got roped in with Serva to begin with. I um, have a contract with them where I list of houses. I was actually on the phone with a gal about an hour before you called with another relocation. But I don't, that's not my primary like bread and butter at all, but I do them once in a while. Tell me more about your print advertising. Print advertising. What do I do? Um, print isn't really dead in Mankato, Minnesota. So we, I do a home magazine guide, which comes out once a month, which can be picked up at like the gas station and banks and at real estate companies. Um, I do a full ad with all my, all my listings. Um, I also do an ad in, what do I do? Uh, we have this new, for, the, for our paper, there's an insert for life and style, like a real estate kind of um, publication. So I do an ad in there. Um, once in a while, they ask me to write articles for the free press. For, the free press is the main Cato's paper. So if I say that, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so once in a while they ask, they do like a real estate section and they always ask me to write an article. So I get, I've actually gotten two listings off my article I wrote. And the best part about it is I wrote it literally at one o'clock in the morning because I'd forgotten about it. And I was like, I have to get this done because it's due tomorrow at eight. So it's kind of funny. I got a couple listings off of it. You're writing articles for the newspaper. Yes, I do. Not, not like on a weekly basis or anything, but I do. Um, when they ask me to, I do. Yeah. How did you create that relationship with the newspapers so you could write articles for them? Spend money with them. I know, um, I know a couple of the reps who know the editors. Um, I know them. We've been, we've been in it a lot. They've written articles about, um, you know, interviewed us. If they ever have a question, nine times out of ten they come to us first. Um, we are, we're the top selling and listing company in Mankato. So they come to us if they have any, like, real estate questions or are writing a publication about it. So when they had this real estate section that they just had started doing, I was talking to one of the gals, and something came up about my college degree and me writing. And so, and I think they knew that I had like a blog and stuff. So 
they had they asked me to do it, and I was like, sure, yeah. Then two weeks went by, and she's like, all right, can you send it? Can you, can you send it in tomorrow? And I was like, I gotta do that. <laughs> but yeah, so it worked. It worked out really well. Our article turned out really good. Um, got a couple listings off it, and next publication I think is like a month or two away, and I think I'm gonna be writing something in that too. I write kind of how I talk. And how I like I just wrote it about um, sellers and getting ready for the market. Although it's a buyer's market, some stuff that sellers should do. There's a lot of stuff that really irritates me that sellers do, so I kind of put that in the article. Are you generating business from sign calls? Yes, a lot of yes. It's funny to me how many people say they saw a billboard. Um, I've never had a billboard, neither is my company. So that's funny to me. But yeah, we have we get a ton of sign calls. Do you have a unique sign? Is that why? We just have a ton of them. We have, I mean, a really, we've got probably 28% of the market share. And there's quite a few, there's quite a few real estate companies. So we're, I mean, we, it's not like this flashy, hot pink sign that stands out. It's just a white sign. It's smaller than actually all the, most of the other, like, um, franchise companies. But, yeah, we get a lot, a lot of calls on it. Do you have your picture on the sign or any type of unique writer? Is I have my picture on it and my phone number. Your picture, is it imprinted on the sign itself, or did you put it in as a rider or something next to the sign? It's just printed on there. It's like a, I think it's like a sticker. I, I don't know. My, my gal who I order from, I order from D-Signs, D-E, and she just takes care of me. I'm like, this is what I want. She's like, done. All right. And sends on. It's perfect. Now, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. Do you put a, a flyer in a flyer box? No. So you just direct everybody to the phone number to call? Yep. Is it one of those phone lines that goes direct to you? It's my it's my cell phone number. They call it, they'll get Hi, this is Angie with American Way Realty. It's my it's my actual cell phone. It's not like a filtered one. So you're not using an automated system of any type? No. I hate those. So I I will never do to people what I hate that people do to me. Like I don't like I mean, if it's a twenty four hour free a hotline, I don't want someone to answer the phone. I want it to be like this house at 123 ABC is listed for $300,000, you know. But if it's like a cell phone, I don't want it to be like a third party answering it. I hate I hate that. I do. Like, it drives me nuts. It's like I just want to talk to somebody. Now, like, thank you for calling. Please leave a message and select from these or select from these options. It drives me nuts. Is there anything else that you're doing to generate leads that we haven't talked about? I have a few loan officers that I work I don't. I want to say I don't want to say I do primarily with them, but um, they're kind of my. I have one that's absolutely my go-to guy. If somebody comes to me un, like not pre-approved, I send them to him, get him pre-approved, and we go out. He's like my go-to. But if people come in pre-approved, I obviously don't switch them because I would hate if somebody did that to me. So I'll never do that to somebody else. But um, I'll get I'll get quite a few referrals from different loan officers that I have a good relationship with. So it's kind of a referral, but it's more like a business referral, not a past client referral. So I've been fortunate that way because there's a lot of agents in town that they could choose from. So it's nice that they choose to, you know, work with me. 
when these leads come in, buyers and sellers, how do you capture the lead and get their information? Are you putting that down on paper somewhere? Are you using a, a computer system? How, how are you capturing the leads? Well, a lot of them email. And if they, don't, if they call in, I'm real old school. I have a pen and paper, and I just do a folder for everybody. If I don't, I'm very visual. If I don't, like, see it in front of me or see a folder that says, you know, Jane and John Doe and what they're looking for, I'll space out about it. Like, I'll, it'll just go on, you know, too much stuff going on in my head. I'll just pass over. So if I, I make a folder and I put all their information. And one thing I do, too, like, if somebody emails me, like, hey, Angie, we're thinking about moving. We want a three-bed. We don't want to spend more than 180000 if any house comes on the market that sort remotely has three bedrooms and under 180, I'll email it to him. Like, hey, hey, Mike, um, hope all is well. I just saw this house came on the market. Um, just hit the MLS yesterday. Thought of you guys. Let me know. You know, it could it could totally be not all what they're looking for, but just that touch, that reach out. That hey, I'm still looking for you. Let me know. You know, just reaching out again because I'm, a lot of people, if they don't have like a real significant tie to an agent. There's not a whole lot of loyalty there at times. So just basically having them remem- remind, you know, remember to talk to you and that how helpful you are, that's, that's a tip there. When you take in buyer leads, do you put them in some type of automated home search program? No, I hate those. You're just doing it when you see a list of a property that comes on the market, you'll email that single property over. Yeah, I tell people that if they want an automated search, they can go to my personal website and sign up for one, but I will never sign them up for it because I hate that. Unless I do it, I don't want somebody else sending me automated stuff. It drives me crazy. I don't need my inbox full. So I don't, like again, I really don't do stuff to people that I would not want done to myself. Do people sign up for your automated system? I do get quite a few people to do it, yeah, which is nice. You know, just shoots them, and I, and I tell them, like, I'm like, well, it looks like it's coming from me, but it's not. It's a, it's a system. I go, but, you know, I always, I mean, one of, the, one of the first things I do in the morning is I check my email, and then I come into the work, and I always go on the MLS, and I check out the new listings for the last two days. I, I know I saw them yesterday, but then I think, like, maybe something came in. I input some stuff, like, as late as, like, 12 o'clock at night, or I guess it would be in the morning. Um, so I always double check and see what's out there. And if anything remotely fits to any of my clients that I have that I'm, you know, currently working with or, you know, searching for, even if it's somebody who emailed me that I've never even actually met, uh, it takes me a minute to shoot them an email and say, hey, you know, hey, how's it going? I, th- I saw this came on the market, thought of you. Um, let me know if you want to check it out. If you see anything else online, remember, I can show you anything anyone has listed. Um, let's keep in, chat, in touch. Let me know. Thanks. A. You know, it takes me a minute, but I've gotten a lot of people that way where um, I think some people, you know, wait for the other person to follow up and simply is just shooting them an email and not letting that lead fall through the cracks. But I do it all I do it all myself. I don't do an automated anything. I probably should probably make my life a lot less stressful. But you're supplying a personal touch. Yeah, I don't ever want people to feel like I'm too busy. And I treat people that are buying an $80,000 house the same way I treat people that are looking at a $1.6 million house. I treat them all the same. And I think people like that, you know, I don't, I won't, you know, I don't blow off some people for other people and everyone. I try to make everyone feel like they're my only client and really special. And I've had people be like, you know, I, you know, just kind of tell me the same thing. Like you made me feel like I was the only client and I know you're busy and I really appreciate it. So, and I just, that's what I just try to keep on doing. 
do you have a structured follow-up system that you're trying to make a certain number of calls or emails every so often? Or is it just whenever it comes on top of your mind or something clues you to that lead, that's when you contact them? No, I don't have a system of which I follow up. I know some people try to make, you know, 15 phone calls by 10 a.m., you know, on Fridays. I don't do that. I um, I really prefer email, and a lot of people that know me know I'm an email or a texter. I honestly don't really like talking on the phone. I just think so much it's so much more can get done with an email. And so, I mean, I, there's certain, like, my older clients who don't email, I obviously call and chat with, but I know that it's going to be a 30-minute phone call with some people. And sometimes I don't have that time. Um, and I don't want to, I never want to rush people or make them feel like, you know, you got to speed them up in a sense, because I hate, I'd hate if somebody did that to me. Um, so I just basically, I don't really have a system in which I do stuff. I make, I do talk to people once in a while when I'm driving. Like, there's some people that I know really like to just talk to me and check in with me. So I call them when I'm in between showings that are, like, I knew I know are kind of across town. But, like, if I'm, like, prospecting and people that I'm working with that, you know, kind of, um, I just email randomly. And, you know, I'll, I'll check in. And um, if I haven't heard from them for, like, two weeks, I'll send them an email of a house. And if, even if it's something didn't come brand new on the market, like, a week or two weeks ago, I'll send it to them and be like, hey, just checking in, see how it's going with the home search, um, where are we at, you know, just do little check-ins. And eventually, through that lead follow-up, they're going to want to meet with you, get things going. Let's talk about sellers for a minute. How many listings do you currently have? Oh, good, that's a good question. 22? Like five, five, pen, five of those are pending. You've mentioned this incredible conversion rate. Why would a seller hire you? Why wouldn't they? Maybe that's why you have such a high success rate. There we go. I do full service. I offer more than any other agent I've seen. And a lot of people, um, for some reason, like to give me other agents propaganda and like marketing material. So I've seen what other people offer, um, which I think, I mean, I do a lot, like a lot of the social media. I'm huge on internet. And a lot of people know that. And I think even like I mean, I'll have people that are like, my grandchildren are older than you. And I'm like, that's fantastic. What do they do? You know? Cool. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, the biggest, I, I have a really big hurdle with my age. I'm 26. I probably look 22. I've been carded for driving one time. It was really strange, but it happened. It was really awkward. I think the biggest thing is, is once people talk to me, they know I know the market. I have a proven track record of getting stuff done. I offer complete full service. Huge push of mine that I do is online advertising. Um, my favorite line is no one's going to buy your house if they can't find it. And that's why I'm on all these different websites. And I tell people, you know, I don't list houses to ha drive around and look at my face on a sign. I list houses to sell them and make money. And I don't make money unless you make money. And people like that. Now, you've mentioned that you've never lost a listing when you've gone out on a listing appointment. Is that true? It is true. That's, that's a pretty phenomenal statistic. I told one client, um, he, it was kind of funny, and he's like, well, you know, Angie, we're going to be interviewing other people. I'm like, that's fantastic. Who are you interviewing? You're like, well, that's great, you know. And I brought in our market stats and just showed, you know, black and white that I come from the best company in town. You can, I mean, the numbers don't lie. So that's kind of a you know huge selling factor too that my office kicks butt 
in our market. I tell them my numbers, which is a huge, you know, I'm a big contributor to those numbers, um, not just like, you know, two sales all year and the rest of my company is just kicking butt. Um, but I had one guy, he's like, oh, you know, part of me just doesn't want to hire you just so I can say I'm the one that didn't. I go, Dave, of course you're welcome to do that. I go, but I know you're not going to. He goes, why not? I go, because you know I'm going to get the job done for you, and I'm going to get it done faster than these people. I go, he's like, well, I don't know. I go, all right. I never do this. Give me two months. Current market time, six months. Give me two months on the market. I'll sell your house for you. He's like, you can't be serious. I'm like, try me. In two months, I go, it's still going to be summer. You're still, you can, you can, you can, then you can fire me and you can hire the other person you want to. He's like, all right. Thinking like, this girl is cocky. And normally I'm not like really cocky, but I'm like, I know I can sell this house. I know I can. So what do you know? Sells the house. He's like, you know, I was going to hire you all along. I'm like, I'm sure you were. (laughs) I'm like, well, you did. I'm like, but you can tell people you broke my streak, but they'll see my sold sign. So it was kind of funny. So your confidence comes through. That must be part of it. Well, in this situation, it's like I I know that I've been working with him for a while. I I know he's going to hire me. And it's like, okay, I know he, and part of me is thinking like he might not hire me just to be the one that didn't. And I may, and I normally don't tell people that no one's ever not hired me. Because then you just want to be like, well, then I'm not going to, you know. But I told him because we were looking at houses, whatever, and I had said something to him. And I think it came, um, it came out in the magazine, too, about the comment about it. And so he's like, oh, so is that true? And I, you know, blah, 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 said it. And then he wanted me to come up and do what I call my song and dance for his listing. But um, I just told him, I was like, I know I'm going to sell your house. So sometimes I can be cocky. But I, I backed it up, and I knew I could. If it was, like, you know, incredibly difficult, like a church that's converted to a house that they want 300000 for, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. But one thing a friend of mine told me, and I, I, I like this, is, you know, there, there's some people that are kind of difficult. And um, he told me, like, you know, he'll tell people, I'd rather turn you down than let you down. And I've yet to turn someone down because I, I think I'm pretty good at educating people. Um, but I liked that little saying. Rather turn you down than let you down. It was Tyler who said that. And you have you used that? I haven't yet because I haven't had. Well, this one lady called about a church, and I didn't go on the listing appointment because I actually lost her number, which I didn't mean to at all. But I would have turned that one down. I wouldn't have listed it because I got the specs with her on the phone. Let's talk about your listing appointment. Do you send out a pre-listing package, a package before you get there? No. On your listing appointment itself. How long do you schedule for your appointment? How long do you think you're going to be there on average? An hour. Maybe, well, it, I guess it actually really depends. It depends on, it, it, there's several factors. Have I seen the house before or not? Like if I've gone and showed the house and it's listed with another agent, I can be in and out in 30 minutes. Um, if it's a new person, it's, it's a huge, huge variables. Do you do a one-step listing or a two-step? I do it once. There's about probably... 75% of time, they can just tell me. I'll ask them, like, okay, yeah, thanks, Mike, for calling. What, how many bed, where's your, what's your address? How many beds, bath, what style house? Um, I know the price before I even look at the house. I know the market really well. So there's a good majority of the time that I know, unless it's a more unique property, we have a lot of split foyers in Mankato. If it's a four-bedroom, two-bath split foyer behind Home Depot, it's going to be one eighty nine nine. It will, unless they have gold leafed everything in it, 
I mean, and I'll tell people, too, like when I, I mean, I always do a net sheet, too. That's a tip I have out there for people. Always do a net sheet so people know that if they're housed on the market for 200000 they get an offer for 200000 That does not mean they're making $200,000. A lot of people have that misconception. On a listing appointment, give me a quick 60-second rundown of what you do. Okay. Knock, knock, knock. Hello? Hey, Mike, Angie, it's American Way. Thanks for having me over tonight. Come on in. Oh, thanks. Okay. So I'd set myself down. I said, all right, well, I appreciate you having me over. I'm like, will you give me a tour of your house, please? Sure. And so I have the people. And, and, and sometimes if I've seen the house, you're like, well, you've been here. And I'm like, that's great. And you've lived here. I'm like, how long have you lived here? I'm like, you know the house a lot better than I do. I was probably here for 20 minutes. So I like to have my sellers, I tell them, I like to have them show me the house because you guys have lived here and you can point out great features about your house that maybe I would overlook. So I have them go through and show me their house. It takes about 10 minutes. And it's great because then they get to show it, you know, show off the stuff. And I always write down little key stuff that they love. Like some people have like bay windows and they love them. You know, that's, you know, some people like bay windows. Some people could not care about it, but it's a nice thing to touch on. Or like, you know, their wood floors or just certain little things like a walk-in closet. Oh, it's extra long, which is super nice because I can get all my stuff here and blah, blah, blah. So I always do that. And then I just say, okay, well, I appreciate you having me over. So what's your, what's, what's the plan? Where are we going? What are we doing? Well, my job, my, my husband just got transferred to Colorado, so we need to move, or we're having another baby, or, you know, interest rates are just so great. We lived here for a while. We just kind of want to take advantage of that and move to a bigger home. I say, okay, perfect. Well, I'd love to help. We can team up together and get your house sold. And I tell people, you know, your house is where you live, but when you put it on the market, it's a product, and it's our product to sell. So, and then I'll go through, um, I've had some people with like hot nectarine walls, and I will tell them they need to paint the hot nectarine wall, because when somebody, the chance that somebody comes in and loves that nectarine color like, like his wife does, very, very, very rare, I think. So, I always, you know, I also offer a lot of staging advice, which people appreciate. Um, you know, I, I'll move stuff around and make the room show better, and I'll have people paint walls. And I will not list a house unless it's ready to list. That's my number one pet peeve, is when people put a house on the market, I want to show it, and I can't because their sellers aren't ready. So it's like, why, why is it on the market then? List it when it's ready. You know, makes sense. Um, so I'll go through and just kind of, you know, people ask me my tips and advice, and so a lot of people, I mean, I've had people, a lot of people paint walls, remove wallpaper, change out light fixtures, simple little fixes. And then I just go over with them, like, what, I, what I'm going to do to help sell their house. You know, we have the product. I'm going to do the promotion. We're going to grant the price together. And the product is what, you know, they have to get ready with the different paint and get it ready, perfect show ready. And I tell people, and this is another line I use, that it's a beauty contest and a price war. You need to have the prettiest house the least amount of money that you can live with. And then they ask me some questions about me. And I go over different little stats and stuff. I mean, that's a real, real quick, quick rundown. Then you go through information about yourself. They've asked you questions. I wait for myself last. Because I'm guessing if they call me, they probably know a thing or two about me. You know, how did they find my number? And I, I feel like... You know, the bigger issue is um, I go over the house, and I go over and I show what the um, 
county assessor has their house listed on because in Mankato it's a very easy to find website. Some websites are not so easy. It shows the assessed value and it shows what they paid for the house. So I go over that. Most of the time people know because it's taxes are based on it. She, they know they pay for taxes. Some people have no idea. Other people try to tell me that their house is assessed for a lot more when it's not. <laughs> Confused or something. And then I'll go over what their active competition is. Who are they competing against? And then I go over what has sold and what to expect. And then I go over what I think it should be listed at, and I go over net sheet, and I run numbers at a list price, and then I run them at a you know, percentage off the list price, and then I run them the other fees and what to expect, and I ask them you know, what they owe on the mortgage and subtract so they get a pretty good idea of what they're walking away with in their pocket. And then I go over how I list what I do, um, how I'm going to promote their, their house, um, what different websites, what different avenues I take to promote it. Um, then I go over what the market statistics are. I go over some information about my company. I give them a Cliff Notes version of myself. And then I just say, do you have any questions? You know, some people, a lot of people like to ask me about New York. Um, a lot of people ask me about, you know, well, what do you, how fast do you think the house will sell? Can you just give me an idea? And that's like, you know, I have no idea. Your buyer could be out there looking at a house right now and waiting for your house to come on the market. Or, you know, it could it could not sell right away. I But the I, biggest thing, I, I never promise to sell a house, and I never, like, you know, oh, it'll be done in 30 days. And I don't overprice houses to start with. I hate when people do that. Like, if people are like, well, let's just start, let's just start at 200, and we'll come down, knowing that they'd sell the house for 180. Well, let's just cut, you know, cut the BS, let's list it at 180, and let's get it sold. So that's how you would handle a price objection if they wanted to go higher. I would say, well, the first couple of weeks on the market is the most critical time. That's when you get the most feedback. So we need to have the house picture perfect, move-in ready, and we need to have it priced to sell. And I always tell people, you know, I don't list houses to see my face. I list them to sell. In my opinion, um, if you're overpriced, people will look at it, but they're not going to put an offer on it, even if they want to negotiate. We need to put it on the market. We need to price it right because look at all this competition out there all these other houses they could choose from, and they're the, you know, the better priced one than they need to be. I would say 9 out of 10 people agree with me and price it where I think it needs to be priced at. Is it a formal presentation? I'm really informal. Do you have a booklet that you're walking them through? I just have like five pieces of paper that I bring with them that they can read, and I tell them, here you go, if you get bored tonight, you can read about me and going to New York. So you have five pieces of paper and your listing agreement. Well, I bring in like a bunch. I just bring in like information about their like about their house and other. That's other stuff. But I bring in information about me, about my company, about what I offer. I think what I found is I think the biggest thing is is people are going to hire based on what they feel when they meet me. Like if we you know if we if we click if we don't click, um, I don't think I I don't know. I've talked to other people and a lot of people do like this huge show, and I. I don't know. I'm really pretty informal. I um, I wear jeans a lot. I'm really kind of low-key about stuff. Um, and I, I've had people tell me that they appreciate that. It, it's kind of like, you know, when I worked in New York, I had a dress every day like I was meeting with a million-dollar investor. That's what my company said. And so I just take it, you know, people want to be comfortable. They don't want to feel like I'm pushing them and selling them. They just want to feel comfortable with me to hire me to sell their house which is, you know, probably the biggest investment that they have. So I don't come in with, you know, a 37-page report that they have to read and look over. Um, I just come in and, I mean, 
a lot of it comes from like stuff in my head with but I bring in like market statistics which are obviously additional sheets of paper and stuff but I don't bring in like a slideshow I don't set up like my iPad or anything like that I keep it real low key and so far it's worked for me so kind of less is more is how I I guess I look at it once you secure the listing, what do you do to find a buyer for that property? How do you market that home? Put it online, put it on different websites, expand the listing, um, shoot an email to other agents, um, have an office tour of the property. And um, I try to, I sell quite a few of my own listings. I try to do that. I'll show, like, if it's a four bedroom, like 180,000 foot foyer, if it's, um, like remotely close to something I'm showing some clients, like in their price range, it could work for them. And it remotely could work for the people that I'm showing houses to. I'll always show my own listings, even if it's not one that they selected. I mean, I'm not going to show them like a $300,000 house and they can only afford 150000 But you know what I mean? If they're looking for like four-bedroom house up to one eighty, and they're looking at $175,000 houses and mine's a one i I'll throw it in there and show it to them anyways if it's in the neighborhood. And it's uh, awesome for me because a lot of people buy houses that weren't on their list. They're like, you found this one for us? This wasn't on my list. I love it. I'm like, told you. Thanks. I thought you would. I love that. That happened to me two days ago. I was like, this wasn't on your list, but I think you're going to love it. It might be the house you're going to buy. She walks and she goes, we're buying this house, aren't we? I go, I think so. She goes, me too. I'm like, all right. You want to look around some more? I love it. It's I, That's one of my favorite things, and referrals. You had a high percentage of buyer transactions last year. Uh, how many buyers are you currently working with? Um, that's a good question. Maybe 10, 11. Why would a buyer hire you? What's your competitive advantage? I know the market inside and out, and I sold more. I was the top-selling listing agent last year. Um, I would have been all in the greater Mankato area. One person beat me for the all of the board, like the Southern Minnesota board, and he sells houses that cost less than my car, and he beat me by two transactions. I'm a big numbers person, so I know what I'm doing. And I think people like me because, well, like I, I get a lot of referrals, so I get a lot of like, you know, oh, she's great, work with her. You don't need it. You don't talk to anybody else. So I get a lot of that, which obviously I really don't have to do anything but my job. I don't have to do like a hard sell on them. But, I mean, I haven't really had anybody that, you know, meets me and absolutely hates me, never wants to work with me. I've actually never had that happen. In Minnesota, do you practice uh, buyer agency or buyer brokerage? Buyer rep. Do you set an appointment before you start showing property to try to establish that buyer rep? Nope, I do it at the first house. I go over agency and we sign that first contact. But gas is so dang expensive. I don't think people need to drive to my office, meet with me to go over a piece of paper that takes 10 minutes that I could do at a house, then drive to a house. I don't, make people, I don't have people sign buyer up the first, first point of contact. Reason being is I would hate that. I would not want to just meet somebody and then be forced to work with them and have to pay them if I didn't want to. You know, I wouldn't want that, so I don't do that to people. If we go out a second, you know, two times, then I bring up the buyer, buyer rep, and that's when we sign. The first one's on me. So the first one you're doing simple disclosure, and the second one you're trying to sign a buyer representation. Yeah. Do you have a buyer package, a package of information that you give to the buyer, uh, either before that meeting or at that meeting? No, I have it all on my website. 
I tell people any question they have, call me, or you can go to my website and get tons of resources there. People, don't, I, I, I tried that. People don't take it. They don't read it. You know, people are going to Google their own stuff anyways, and why waste the paper? Let's go back to when you're talking to the buyer on the phone and you're trying to establish the relationship. How detailed do you get in your questions? Do you go into their financing? No. I ask them if they're pre-approved. If not, I send them if they say, yep, I'm pre-approved. I'm like, awesome. Can you email me over your pre-approved letter just so I have it on file? They're like, sure, fine. Or can I fax it? Perfect. I'm like, okay, you're not pre, you know, if they're not pre-approved, I'm like, okay, well, before we go and take a look at houses, check online and see what you like, but also, can you, do you have a banker, do you have a loan officer that you've been talking to? No, I don't. Or, yeah, I do. I'm like, okay, great. Maybe set an appointment, go get pre-approved with them, have them send me over the email from my file, and then we'll go check out houses. Or, okay, cool, well, let me, I can put you in contact with a great loan officer. This guy did my own personal financing on one of the houses I own. Here he is. Give him a call. And he's my, my go-to guy. Amazing. He will meet people on a Saturday afternoon, bring his computer to my office. He's great. So I'll, but I, I won't, I just, I'm too busy to waste my time with people that just want to look at houses. I mean, unless they're pre-approved and ready to spend, you know, the money, what they're looking at, I don't, I don't waste my time with it. So you require that pre-approval letter before you'll show homes. Yeah. What's the point? I think everyone should. I mean, unless you're not busy and you just want to go look at houses with somebody. I mean, you can do that with a friend. I just, I'm, I have too much going on to waste my time with people who can't, couldn't buy the house. I'm not going to waste my time. You work with a lot of buyers. What other questions do you ask in that preliminary conversation? All right, so you're looking for a house. What are you, what are you looking for today? You, oh, you know, what are your absolute needs and what are your wants? And I'll take down notes of like, I take a lot of notes. I have to write everything down or else I forget stuff. I have blonde hair. It just happens that way. Um, so I'll take down notes like four bedroom, three bath. Okay, is there a particular, a lot of, we have two major high schools in town here. And we have some Catholic and alternative ones. But a lot of people are very specific about what high school their kids go to. We don't have really good open enrollment because a lot of people favor one school over the other. Some people were like, I, my kid will, I, I have, my daughter's going to be in ninth grade. She absolutely has to go to this high school. Like, okay. So that just cuts out a whole part of town. So then, you know, if some people do not care, which is great. Some people want to live in different areas. Like, I really love West Mankato. I love the trail. Well, okay, great. Here we go. You know, so I ask, like, what they absolutely need, how many bedrooms do they absolutely need? They have four kids. They probably need, you know, at least three bedrooms or four. Um, you know, probably couldn't go get by with a two-bedroom house. You know, how many bathrooms can you live with? How many, they'd like They'd like to. They can live with one. So I ask, you know, what do you absolutely need? What do you want? Um, what's, your, what's the price point we feel comfortable with? What have you been pre-approved? Who are you working with as a loan officer? That's important to me to know so I know who I'm working with um, in the future. There's some loan officers that, that I don't have to do anything with. They're awesome. They totally take care of it. There's other people I have to micromanage. I have to stay on top of, like, okay, I've gotten underwriting. Are we clear to close? Like, have we gotten these docs? What do we need to do? Um, I'm too, kind of too busy at the point to have to babysit people. So it's important to me to know who I'm, you know, who they're working with out the shoot. And also kind of, um, you know, what their situation is, okay? You know, why are you moving? What are you doing? Stuff like that. Then I'm like, all right, great. Have you found any houses that you want to look at? Oh, yes. I'm like, great. Can you email them to me? And they just send me the MLS number and we'll definitely go set up, you know, we'll check them out. 
So then I, get, I always get their name and their phone number and their email address. And then we go over and look, and then I you know, take a look at what they're looking for. And I always tell people, all right, let's set aside like two hours, two or three hours on you know, whatever night you're free to go check them out. We'll go look at everyone we can. If you see anything like driving around, if you see anything online, if you have any questions about it, like, oh, give me a call because there's a really good chance I probably have seen that house. Um, so then I, you know, we do that, I go out and look, and I look and see what they have. And if, if I or anyone in my company has a house that's similar to what they're looking for and the neighborhood they're looking for but isn't on their list, I'll show it to them anyways. Um, since we're over there, why not? And I've yet to have a person care that I do that. People actually like it. But yeah, it's kind of what I do. Do you attend the closings? Absolutely. Do you do anything special for your buyer or seller? I get them a house at a good price or I sell their house for them. So you don't provide a gift of any kind at the closing? No. I don't think it's beneficial. Do you give your hairdresser a gift after she's cut your hair? I think it's pointless. I think it's a waste of money. I don't think someone's going to refer you to people because you bought them a $50 candle or a big mirror. I don't think when they look at it, they go, it's from our agent. I don't think it's beneficial. I'd rather send them, you know, a $5 card in the mail. You mentioned you have an assistant. Is that correct? I have a guy that I do have um, all of my uh, YouTube videos. I used to do it myself, and then I wasn't getting enough sleep. So I hired him. And I have a gal that I have. She's, it's not like a full-time assistant. He's just, that's all he does. I have an assistant who only does open houses for me. Okay, so you have one assistant that does YouTube videos and a, a different assistant that does open houses? I have, like, my online guy who makes my web videos for me, uploads them. I don't have time to do it. Um, open houses. I hate them. I think they're pointless, but people like them. So I have my gal who does them for me. So I say she's, I refer to her as my assistant because it's easier than saying my, oh, this is my open house gal who only does this for me. This is my online guy who does this for me. Your online guy that does your videos, are you paying him uh, per hour, per project? Uh, how are you compensating him? He gets paid per project. Is he your employee? He's, in, he's contracted. He's not a W-2 on, under my corporation, no. And then the open house person, she's another agent in the office? No, you don't have to be an agent to do them in Minnesota. How do you compensate her? Cash. Cash money. So you pay her per open house a flat fee? Yeah, a couple hundred bucks an open house. And then any leads that she gathers, she hands off to you? She just, you know, asks, you know, thank you for stopping by today. Here's a flyer. If you have any questions, please let me know. If you have any questions, um, she's like, well, you know, here's Angie's card. Please give her a call if you have any, you know, any questions. If there's like an immediate question, she knows she can call me. If it's somebody serious, call me. I'll answer my phone and talk to them. I just, I've got too much going on to sit there for three hours to have two neighbors stop by. How many open houses do you do per week or per month? I only do them when the Realtor Association had like world, like nationwide open house. Well, my, my sellers knew about it, so they wanted in on it. So I did that, and then we did the citywide open house. And so we, we did that too. Okay, but otherwise in your listing presentation, you're telling sellers you're not going to do an open house. Correct. I'll, I say I'll do one if you want me to, but how many houses have you bought from an open house? And I tell people, you know, if somebody's interested in your house, they're not going to sit and wait for it to be an open house. They're going to either call their agent and get into it, or they're going to call me because my number's on the sign in front of your house, and I'm going to show it to them. 
only people that are going like, to come to the open house are people that are like looky-loos. And I don't have time to talk to them. What type of time management systems do you use to stay on track? I have a planner. I write everything down in my planner. Um, I don't do on my, my phone. That annoys me. Everything I have to write it down that I remember it more. Um, like, if I, I mean, my friends almost have to schedule time to see me. Like, I have to write, they'll joke, like, can you write me in, in your planner for Thursday dinner? I'm like, okay, you're in the planner. <laughs> but that's just how I do it. You use a manual written system. Oh, I'm old school for 26. I just, I have to write it down and see it, or else it's just lost on me. Do you have a written business plan? No. Are there certain numbers that you like to track in your business? I do. I, I constantly track what I'm doing. Uh, I had a really good year last year, especially being my first year selling it full-time. I track my numbers every quarter from where I was last year um, to where I am now. I also track the competition um, as far as companies in general. I don't really track um, year-end. I'd run numbers on who's you know, the top of what and doing whatever. Um, like I like to know who the top selling, top listing, and top overall producing agent were last year. Coincidentally, all three of those were in my office. Um, but I like to I like to see kind of year end where people are, other agents, and kind of I kind of examine what they do. Are there certain numbers you like to look in a, in your business, like number of leads that come in, or number of contracts, number of listings? Is there something you try to watch every day or every week? No, not really. I pay more attention to like where the market numbers are. Not likely. I mean, every lead I write down on in their folder, like where it came from, and I do track that. I don't do it daily or weekly by any means. Angie, what drives you? I love the idea that the harder I work, the more benefits I reap from it. I just, I've always been a, I've always been a worker. I've worked ever since I could literally, like, legally work. My dad used to have to drive me to work because I was 15. I think I drove, he rode, you know, shotgun because I had my permit. Um, but I've just, that's just how I have been, I don't know, they instilled in me, like, hard work and, you know, making my own money from an early age. So that was always important to me. And I just, it feels good to be really good at what you do. And I don't want to, from coming out the shoot was such a great year that I had last year, I don't want to not have that. So I, you know, I don't really compete with anybody. I compete with myself, and that was what drives me, you know, to outshine myself. Why are you successful? Um, I think because I really care about what I do, and people know that. I treat everyone like I would treat my best friend. Like, look, selling their house or buying a house. Like, if Meredith, Meredith's my best friend. If she was, you know, looking, wanted my advice, I'd give her the same advice I'd give everyone else. And I think people know that, and people can relate to me. And I, you know, I, I, think, I think that's what's been really well for me. I work hard. I'm, I know I'm very educated on, on the market. I know it inside out, but I also treat people the way I'd want to be treated, and I think that's what's helped me be successful. If you were going to advise a brand-new agent in the business, what would you tell them to do first? Run. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I actually get that a lot. I think the biggest thing is, one, make sure they have a little bit of money set aside. I think being a part-time agent is very, very difficult. Um, to be, like, successful at it. It'd probably find to do one or two transactions a year, um, you know, from people you know. But um, the biggest thing I tell people, too, is 
if they're just starting out, find a mentor, find a seasoned agent. I mean, I would shoot for the best agent, and I mean, I think they'd help you. Some people are weird, but like when I went to New York, I I wasn't familiar with it at all. I found the best company, to, and I did tons of research. I wanted to work for the best company in Manhattan. I wanted to train with the best agents down there, and I did. I was, you know, kind of mentored down there and how to do more like leasing because I never did that up here. Sales I knew. But, like, especially, like, if they're coming to Minnesota, I think having a mentor, having somebody go over with them, because you can learn a lot of stuff in class, but class and real world, to me, are night and day different. So the biggest thing would be, like, find a mentor and really, you know, give it 100% and go in and learn as much as you can and you know it's not just simple as just putting up a sign and hoping somebody sells a house maybe 20 years ago not 2011 and research what other people are doing and what's doing it right and i always you know i i the saying like steal from the best but make it your own find what's successful with other people in different markets take what they're doing and turn it so it, it works for your market for you and what you do well angie you're on the fast track. Your fast-talking, fast-thinking, and ability to make fast friends has propelled you to quick success. Your enthusiasm, excitement, and commitment to help others has resulted in a strong referral base. Your first full year in the business has been impressive. Your future looks bright. Thank you again for being our Rising Agent of the Month. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to the Mastermind Agent Interview of the Month Club, where top agents, rising agents, team members, and guests from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the club interviews at www.mastermindagent.com.